0: Hello everyone, this is Victoria with Simply Grand and welcome to Simply Grand's podcast. Simply Grand is all things fun for today's contemporary grandparents while honoring the ancestors. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to a new episode of Simply Grand's podcast. I'm your host, Victoria. And on this episode, I speak with Lance Livingston, who is currently incarcerated for a crime he did not commit. A few weeks ago, I did a two-part podcast, Grandparents Who's Raising Their Grandkids. And part two, I interviewed Bev Livingston, founder of Mothers of Incarcerated Sons and Daughters, and this is her son. If you haven't had the chance to hear those episodes, Please do so. I'm still getting feedback from listeners about how much they enjoyed those shows, and I'm also hearing from grandparents who have experienced some of what was discussed or is experiencing it now. So please go back and listen. According to the Innocence Project, 1% of the United States prison population, which is approximately 20,000 people, are falsely convicted. Please listen to his story you'll recognize the classic judicial system tactics cloaked in racism. Lance has maintained his innocence and is still fighting his case. I ask you to get involved by signing the petition on change.org who have received over 2,000 signatures. And for more information, you can go to his website, FreelanceNowWW.com. That's FreelanceNowWW.com. And I will let you know that the audio is not as clear as I had hoped. So please make sure you have your device turned up as loud as possible because you don't want to miss one word of this story. Yes.
1: Hi, Lance. How are you? Good. Good. I'm well, I'm well. Thank you so much for calling me this morning. Yes, as scheduled. Okay. um, Well, let's get started. Um, I am Victoria and welcome to the Simply Grand podcast. Not sure if you are aware, but my podcast is all things uh, for today's contemporary grandparents while honoring the ancestors. And I interviewed your mom, Bev Livingston, a couple of weeks ago on the episode Grandparents Who's Raising Their Grandkids. And we discussed her uh, significant influence in her grandkids' lives, which are your children. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to talk to you and have you share your story with uh, my audience and just uh, see how we, myself, my business simply grand can get involved and stay involved with your case so i'll have you go ahead and introduce yourself and we go from there
2: also deal with my situation as a father that's incarcerated. Young father at that, I think I was probably like 21, 23 years old when I made it to the penitentiary. My mother's prison you gotta have help from the outside It's impossible. To May have a different story. You know, sometimes our stories be conflicting, But she did a lot. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't get a chance to really hear the podcast as far as, you know, what, what exactly what element she was talking about, so I don't I not really know as far as how destiny you want me to go or you know, I don't know
1: what you want me to say. Well I would like for you if we can't <laughs> To, Be monitored and recorded. to discuss the case itself, because you said I'm in prison for a crime I didn't commit. So I do have questions in regards to that, and I would just want you to talk about that night, the night of January 12, 2003, and we can proceed from there if that's okay with you.
2: supposed to be there when they're in jail or when they're in prison. So over the years just dealing with that type of mentality towards, you know, my situation it kinda violent. Of it kinda of kept me from talking about it because I I wasn't getting the type of respect that I feel like I deserve for my situation what I'm going through. It being, you know, innocent and people like well 12. That's the day I don't really know too much about as far as the incident. Just from what I learned as far as, you know, reading the case and how I became involved. What happened was somebody was killed outside of a bowling alley. Someone was identified leaving the scene, someone other than me. And then my name became a part of it came back, changed the identification, and changed the definition. And I believe that's the first part, the first time I was introduced to the case, when they changed the identification. And from that, I was sure there was really no investigation. I think they might have talked to a couple people that, that mentioned something about Got my name. They just ran. For me and made every. Tried. They best to make every piece of the puzzle fit. be. a big beef. Now I was. I was apprehended. Taking to jail. And I was tried. I was tried four different times with this
1: case. Now when you. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay, how were they able to change the identification to say that you were there the night of January the 12th? How did that even happen? How can that happen?
2: You he becomes a detective on the case. So he's interviewing witnesses, witness talking
1: So your name was given to the police officer?
2: Yeah, my name was given to the police, so I'm a witness that he is there then. Not as the shooter, but just somebody that possibly have business food.
1: Did you know the victim previously?
2: I did not know the victim.
1: You didn't know this person at all? So your name, willy-nilly, becomes part of the investigation and they zero in on you. Is that what I'm understanding? Okay, continue. Continue. Because all black people look alike, right? right. Okay. Yep.
2: did say did say
1: Were there cameras at the Bowling Alley?
2: came to trial coming to
1: a trial uh where I'm the defendant and they made an identification like that was there physical evidence physical evidence presented in the case
2: Afro, so you know if I'm in the vehicle and I got a big Afro, I'ma leave some kind of shed, some kind of hair in the vehicle. That was never collected. Uh, I mean, it was it was just it was just the Raytown police trying their best to put together a case just to just to incarcerate another young black male. for the the murder of a young white male. So you got to understand the motivation behind
1: it. Were there witnesses that testified on your behalf to uh, say where you were that night?
2: provided an alibi for me, but they said it wasn't necessary for them to be called. But they did make statements, and they had testified before in in a few of the different trials, but I had an attorney who said that the strategy was better, that, that we didn't even need to use that evidence. Why not? Where my attorney, him, by the fourth trial, he was, he was burnt out. He was tired. He was tired of dealing with the case. He didn't have the same fight in him that I that I had to be, that my mother had to be, that, you know, the people cared and knew that I was innocent. Hey.
1: Wait a minute. Your attorney got tired. Attorneys, that's their job. Okay, so from what I read, you were charged first degree with uh, armed, an armed criminal action. First degree means intent, correct? Premeditated. How how is it that you were charged with first degree for a person you didn't know? This call is being terminated due to a system error. Please hang
0: up and try your call again at a later time. Hello?
1: Yes, yes. Okay. That's okay. That's okay. Okay. So you were answering the question how was it the fact that you were charged? first degree murder and armed criminal action for someone you did not know because first degree is intent and premeditate premeditation so how were you charged with that
2: now at this time when this case happened had a prosecutor named
1: Mike Sanders Mike
2: Sanders, Mike Sanders was a okay A lot of young black males at that time were first degree murdered. A lot of these cases were taken elements on the men's second degree murder. You know, his, uh, his mentality of it was that if I charge with first degree murder, they're not going to give me a clean meal, so please, second degree murder. So a lot of us that came in through Jackson County at that time was overcharged by the process itself. Now, on my case,
1: Joe Marquez? Yeah, Joe Marquez. Okay.
2: He was the prosecutor that initiated the first trial. And they did a lot of stuff that wouldn't fly these days. So now I believe that they got a conviction integrity unit, and if they had that at that time, then a lot of this stuff wouldn't happen. So he gave a week back of AK 47 to testify to make a false identification. That was made
1: under the table that we didn't know about. So the witness lied. So, you had an all white jury? I
2: had an all white jury that I was first. That's when I first had, um, had a That was overturned was was the they, they me me. And a black, the black
1: juror. Black juror?
2: Up was racially discriminatory. So, what they did was they overturned the conviction, relieved me of the sentence, which was the life of that bro, and I had to go back to trial again. And in this trial, this is where my lawyer kind of laid down I don't know what happened, but he didn't have no fight anymore because he seen that they were doing every dirty trick in the book that they could in order to secure a conviction. They didn't care about justice, they didn't care about the fact that I was innocent about the fact that they knew that I was innocent, but they just wanted to secure this conviction because it had been overturned. And it had been overturned in a way that kind of made their office look bad and just, and, and just showed all the corruption and, and things that was going on. So they had to come back and clean it up by any means necessary. And if you look at the trial transcript, if you look at the record, you can just tell that they didn't stop at anything. You know, they were throwing the N-word around. To the point that one of their own witnesses had to tell them, you know, hey, we don't talk like that. You can't use that word. And all of this is on the
1: record. Who were who was using the N-word?
2: The prosecutor.
1: Hmm, okay. In, in open court. Open court, okay. Okay, court. okay. okay. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that, in, you know, we were dealing with my grandmother. Court. She said it was like the old courtroom in, in Alabama in the 1950, and that's a, that's the vibe and feel that she was she was receiving while she was there.
1: And this courtroom was in Raytown, Missouri. The
2: courtroom was in Jackson County, Independence, Missouri.
1: Okay. So you're saying the whole time, I'm innocent, I wasn't there, I barely know this dude, if at all, and they're not hearing you, not trying to find the true shooter, they're just trying to be done with it, speed up the process to lock, up, lock you up. Is that what I'm understanding? Okay, so where do things stand now? Because you've been in 17 years, is that correct? Where do things stand right now?
2: all the different elements that indicate, you know, my innocence. And I have to file them through court and uh, try to present some issues to the prosecutor's office if Jackson County is is really serious about, you know, their conviction integrity unit and and bringing integrity to the convictions of the past and and really trying to, you know, demonstrate justice. Then they'll see what happened in my case. And, you know, they'll, they'll deliver relief. They reverse the actions that they did to convict me. They reverse them and take responsibility. And, you know, admit that it was wrong. Very wrong.
1: So, how can people get involved with your case? What can we do?
2: People see that, and that's the way that they can let them know. Uh, right now, it's just it's just so hard because they don't really give you a vehicle to pursue, you know, convictions and 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 uh, the process that we all go through. vehicle to, uh, to really do it. You got you to demonstrate that new evidence. And it's just rough. People can people can get involved by going on Facebook. I got a Facebook page. Justice Ford, Lance Living. The petition is on change.org. Lance Livingston.
1: Okay. Absolutely. Anything else you would like our listeners to know?
2: way. They're going to continue, you know, locking us up for no reason. They're going to continue getting away with the things that they're doing. And we have have to hold their feet to the fire. That's it. We have to stay on top of it. I appreciate you having me on the podcast.
1: Absolutely, Lance. And we're going to be on top of this case. I'm always in contact with your mom, so I will talk to her and see how we can move forward. And I thank you for the opportunity to talk and to share the truth about what happened to you. So and recorded.
2: She created an organization called Miss Mothers of Incarcerated Sons and Daughters, and, you know, without her, I, I know I would be lost. I see a lot of people that's lost, and I, you know, I try to help them and, and give them the mo- most information that I can and, and support and motivation, but she showed me how to fight. She showed me how to, you know, let these people know about my innocence and let people know that I was done wrong.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you, Lance. Thank you, Mr. Livingston. I truly appreciate you coming on the podcast. And we'll have to have you back to give us an update as things begin to move. Um, And you're going to be free. You're going to, all of this is going to have to be exposed. And the truth is going to come out. That's just how it is. It just is. All right. It's
2: gonna happen. It's gonna happen. I'm gonna keep fighting, I'm, I'm gonna remain strong and uh we'll see.
1: So hopefully I you Absolutely. Thank you. Bye bye.
0: Simply Grand's Valentine's Day contest deadline is Monday, February the 8th. I've been receiving lots of stories from couples about the time their spouse made them laugh, and I can't thank you enough for participating. The winner will be announced on the next podcast, February the 11th, so there's still time to submit your stories at simplygrandgrandparents at gmail.com. Again, that's simplygrandgrandparents at gmail.com. And again, the grand prize winner We'll receive a dinner from the Blue Now Cafe in River Market, a bottle of wine, and two Simply Grand t-shirts. So keep those stories coming. The winner could be you. Thank you so much for tuning in to Simply Grand's podcast today. Make sure you tune in each Thursday for a new episode. And also follow Simply Grand on Instagram and Facebook at Simply Grand Grand. See you next week.